Welcome to In the Newsroom, a podcast by the East Oregonian and the Hermiston Herald. I am editor Andrew Cutler, and today I'm joined by reporters Alex Castle and Jade McDowell. Uh, Jade, Alex, welcome to In the Newsroom. Glad to be back in the newsroom. It hasn't been, haven't been there for a while. We've all been working from home, so uh, so great, great to be in here. And of course, Jade, you're joining us by telephone from from your uh, palatial estate in Hermiston. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's nice to be able to not need to drive over to Pendleton to do it. For sure. Well, uh, thank you guys for joining us, and thanks for taking the time to listen. Today we wanted to talk about the front page story in the weekend edition, April 25th and 26th, Disputed Land. And really that kind of sums up what's going on over there. Airport Road, just outside Hermiston. Uh, take us uh, briefly what, what's going on over there on Airport Road. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's a lot going on out there. There's a lot that's been going on out there over the last uh, couple of years, and that's part of why we wanted to do this and dive in into all of that. But I mean, just on uh, on the basic level, what's happened over the last really week is last Monday evening, the county began on a project that it's uh, been uh, billing as as a needed improvement of airport and Ott roads. Uh, right outside of Hermiston, it's it's kind of right on the the boundary with the city, and it is uh, right now the county's responsibility to improve the roads, try to cut down on some of the traffic congestion and the dust problems they've had uh, with the Eastern uh, Oregon Trade and Event Center out there for the Umatilla County Fair and some other big events that they have throughout the year. Essentially, the project is going to uh, cut into portions of people's properties, or at least what some landowners out there thought were their properties uh, based off of their own deeds. And essentially, there's been a lawsuit filed by Chris and Monique Wayne, uh, uh, two property out- owners out there that live on the corner of uh, uh, South Ott and East Airport Road. And they're contending that the survey records going back to 1907 that is listed on their deed states that where the county wants to cut into what the county believes is its right of way to use for this type of project is actually their property. It would essentially cut off 11 uh, feet on the north end of the Wayne's property and five feet on the east end of their property. And so over the past week, last Monday, despite some of this uh, lawsuit, uh, this uh, litigation going through the courts, or at least trying to get them in front of the courts and that's part of the problem is we're we're also dealing right now during a pandemic where all these things have kind of been put on hold just uh uh naturally while this litigation is going the county is still charging ahead with their project and the property owners out there would like them to wait for some type of resolution and you know there's been accusations of uh, intimidation on the county's part there's uh, been disagreements on some of the processes that these landowners tried to go through initially to get a public hearing and vacate the right of way. And it's it kind of boiled over a little bit last week. The county came down, cut down the Wayne's fence that sat in the disputed uh, boundary where there's uh, and they, they had, had tried to park some cars out there along the property boundary to prevent the county from coming out and cutting down the fence. So starting to just have kind of some confrontations along those disputed boundaries and had some groups coming out in support of the Waynes last week. Uh, Holly Joe Beers in the uh, Umatilla County's uh, chapter of the Oregon Three Percenters 
uh, came out to show some support, had some local uh, biker associations as well. So it's kind of just boiled into something now where the landowners out there, they'd really like to see this go through the court process before this project continues on as it has. The county, they have, uh, for quite a while, they, they have made it clear that a priority of theirs was to get this project done before the fair came this summer. Now, obviously, there's also the questions of, are we going to have a, a Umatilla County Fair? Are we going to have these large events during the summer? But all of that aside, right now, the, pro the problem is essentially disputed boundary. There's a project that's going on underway, and the property owners out there would really like to see it pause until that's been resolved in the courts. And with every, like any good story, Jade, there's always a backstory, and Airport Road is no different. There's, there's, there's a history of uh, issues out there on Airport Road. Yeah, I've covered EOTech, the Eastern Oregon Trade and Event Center, since I started at the East Oregonian in 2013. It was in the planning stages then, and over the last seven years or so, uh, Chris Wayne has popped up quite a lot in different capacities. Uh, he and some of the other neighbors were very involved in those early meetings, uh, expressing some concerns about noise and dust and traffic and things during the construction phase. And then after that, uh, once it was built, they had issues with noise complaints, which it was complicated because the neighbors lived in the county jurisdiction for the sheriff's office, but EOTech was actually located in the city's jurisdiction. And so you'd get, if you called the city police, they said, well, you're a county person, you should be calling the sheriff's office. And if you called the sheriff's office to complain about the noise, they'd say, well, that's in the city of Hermiston's city limits. And so there was a lot of frustration there that Chris emailed back and forth a lot with and spoke with the city of Hermiston about changing their noise ordinances because the neighbors were saying that it was very disruptive to have quinceañeras and weddings and things like that late at night. It wasn't just the Umatilla County Fair. Uh, the city, on the other hand, were saying, we go out there, we get the complaints that our win your windows are shaking and we can barely hear the music from the parking lot. So it was kind of a dispute there. And then after that, the city and county considered changing the name of Airport Road uh, right next to Airport Road, parallel to it, leading down to the airport is Airport Way. And so that caused, has caused a lot of confusion with truck drivers and things that are making deliveries down to EOTech that they'd accidentally turn down to the airport and have to turn around in the airport. So they said, maybe we should just change the name of Airport Road to something EOTech related. And the neighbors said that would cause a lot of problems for them having to change their address for everything. And so once again, they were in this tangle and then last year did some coverage uh, along with Phil Wright, who used to have Alex's chair covering the county uh, about the county said that the neighbors were wrong about where their property line was, that they'd been misinformed, that it was actually 13 feet over, that they thought they had that was actually county right of way. And they felt pretty confident about that based on the survey markers and maps and things that they had. And so they were planning to go ahead with that. And uh, back in December, I wrote a story about the neighbors had gotten together to petition the county and said, OK, if if you're sure that this is your land, we'd like you to vacate the land and turn it over to us officially 
and just make a, a narrower road there. You don't need a bicycle lane and those sorts of buffers on the edge. You could still have a perfectly good road without those things, without taking that property. Uh, and the county ended up not having a hearing about that, not hearing the v petition. And as Alex said, then now they are going forward with the project. So Alex, this is a uh, kind of the continuation of a 2017 agreement between the city of Hermiston and the county. Is that correct? Yeah. So part part of this project is it, it's a piece of an agreement uh, that the, the county and the city of Hermiston uh, signed into in 2017 that says part, they in order for EOTech to officially transfer uh, into the city's hands, the county needs to complete this pavement project and improvement project that includes widening the lanes to help with traffic congestion out there on those two roads. Um, and as Jade started to get into it, and as she touched on in her coverage earlier this year and, and, and last year with this public hearing that the these petitioners, uh, these uh, landowners tried to petition for, this is where uh, the relationship also between Chris Wayne and uh, those that were opposing the project and the county started to fray a little bit more as well. And Chris has called it himself a sham process that he was directed to go through trying to vacate the road. He had, uh, he said that in his discussions with Umatilla County Council, Doug Olson, uh, some of the surveying department, that he was under the, the impression that had he collected the signatures as he did collected 27 signatures um, from 22 different properties out there, uh, which he says accounts for about 80% of the, the neighborhood. Um, he collected those signatures. It was under the impression that if he had that, went through the, this official process, that even though he knew that the commissioner, nobody could give him the guarantee that the, the board of commissioners would vacate the road, that he thought that they would at least have a public hearing on it. Um, and part of this process has involved uh, Chris Wayne himself and, and some of the others opposing the project out there that it, they posed some other um, project designs or possibilities that they felt would mitigate their concerns and uh, would also not harm anybody else out there uh, in the neighborhood. Part of one of the solutions, haven't spoken too in depth with Chris about them, but he had mentioned that part of it involved him buying up some lands from other property owners and actually just giving it to the county to use for the project in order so that it didn't impact their property. And it should be said that part of the reason why they're passionate about and very why, why they're so invested in trying to fight this project is it, it will, they're saying it will have serious financial impacts on them. Their septic drainage field is right on the edge of where the county would be cutting into. They feel it, it, it will likely expose it, for, require them to move it. And the long-term costs, plus just the, the, the moving of that itself, well, they say it costs $10,000, if not more, as time goes on. So they kind of went through this process of trying to get it in front of the Board of Commissioners and have an opportunity for landowners to come in and speak to the county about their problems in a public setting. Because the county has uh, set up some private meetings that they held with the neighborhood um, where they said they offered some uh, mitigation um, offers for whether it's conditional use licenses of some of the right-of-ways that won't be impacted by the project itself uh, or what have you. The property owners out there aren't aren't satisfied with what they got in that first round. I 
believe they wanted to seek out some more of that. But they, Chris has pointed to this intergovernmental agreement and this requirement of the project to get done and the, the process of transferring, transferring EOTech over to the city and kind of clearing up a lot of this mess that has happened as uh, involved in this project and its connection to this intergovernmental agreement. He's felt that there was never necessarily a chance that the, the county was going to hear him out and uh, the other property owners out there and consider changing the project to something else or at least making uh, some efforts to try to mitigate uh, portions that may have impacted particular properties. So that whole process of going through the public hearing and uh, and trying to get that didn't work out. And that really, I think, is what set off the chain of reaction that we get to now, where once that that kind of didn't go through, it, it kind of seemed ine inevitable that it was going to have to go through some type of litigation. And now it's boiled over to where the litigation didn't really solve anything. And now that's just creating more conflict in the situation. So is Chris Wayne uh, and the people who back him, are they saying the county has not acted in good faith? I think that I, I think that would be a fair way to, to kind of put it. I, I think that they it, it, at least and we've we had covered it in some of our, our past stories. I don't know if it was uh, Jade herself or Phil um, uh, from last year. But as Chris has said, when he was first going through the process, he felt he, he was very thankful for the county for working with him and was complimentary of of the way uh, uh, County Council Doug Olson and, and Matt Kinney with the survey department helped him along the process. And actually the county did uh, take uh, one measure of, they waived a $500 filing fee for that petition as well. So there, there was kind of a working relationship there that, uh, that Chris had started to feel that he had with the county and felt even though he, he knew they weren't necessarily seeing eye to eye on this issue, he, he believed that they could come to some type of solution that uh, that would be more agreeable than, than where it was at previously. But yes, as things have, have kind of gone on, he, he, he feels that they've betrayed that trust that he had, he had kind of put in them and, and this official process of trying to petition, get it out in front of a public hearing uh, and, and have that day in court, if you will, rather than having to go through both the, the literal stress of, of what this will do to their property and the long-term effects it will have on on them financially to then the direct financial investment they've already poured into this uh, conflict where they say it's already been at least $10,000 that they've uh, spent and, and it's been a long process. And, you know, I, it, it is also, there's, there's a, a toll that this seems to be putting on, on them that, that Chris has shared that, you know, they're, they're tired and exhausted out there as well. They're, they're uh, isolating stuck at home, trying to, to quarantine during this pandemic. And, they're also fighting a expensive legal battle over their property that uh, uh, matters a lot to them. And also, it's uh, again, it's not just the Waynes. It's a it's a whole neighborhood out there. And there's even the people that aren't directly impacted uh, and won't have their property changed or or lose any value from the project. There's they're still rallying behind the Waynes and those that are having their uh, land impacted. And the Waynes are the ones that were able to afford to put in this type of investment and try to fight back against the project. The, some other property owners have expressed that they didn't have the money to, to try to fight for this, but 
they're supporting it because if it if it goes the way of the Waynes, then they feel like there will be a precedent set that will help them and uh, to protect their own property and assets. So, Jade, uh, the city of Hermiston is mentioned in the pending lit- litigation. Uh, what's the city's role in it, and what have they? What, what's their comment been? So the whole EOTech project started out as a joint project between the city of Hermiston and Umatilla County. They had joint ownership of it. And once EOTech actually opened, they came to an agreement that it might be better. There were kind of too many cooks in the kitchen and might be better for one entity to take it over. And so the city and county worked out an agreement so the city owns the EOTech property that's on the opposite side of the road from the Waynes and those other airport road neighbors. Uh, but then the road is a county road. And so the county, they're the ones that got the grant money to do this project. They're the ones overseeing the road project. So it's kind of mostly it's a county thing. And when I contacted the city on, I believe it was Friday, uh, they said they can comment on pending litigation, as is pretty standard anytime we reach out to someone who's named in a lawsuit. And so uh, they, they might have some thoughts, but they're not sharing them publicly at the moment as far as the litigation goes. Uh, but I would guess that that's kind of where it's coming from is the entire point of this project is to benefit EOTech, which the city does own. You talk to the county, uh, kind of what's been their position in all of this? Yeah, the county has, you know, they, they have deferred some comment in a sense to the pending litigation. Um, Commissioner Bill Elfering has been kind of the point person from my understanding when it comes to the, the board of commissioners and uh, working on this project and working with EOTech and, and trying to progress this along. So I did get a chance to, to speak with him uh, last Friday. Um, for the most part, it, he was able to, to say, you know, why the county uh, wants to, to make this road improvement that they feel it was valuable and essential for uh, kind of the safety out there um, and just the, the ongoing problems they've had along uh, around EOTech with those roads, they need to make the improvements. They've, uh, Elfring was able to, for the most part, kind of deflect and not comment for the most part on the, the accusations of intimidation, or um, he had said that, you know, they had tried to offer some, some solutions to these landowners and um, they had given them an opportunity to voice their concerns. And he wasn't confident that going to a public hearing would have solved these problems. He thinks it, it very well could have ended up back at legal action anyways. Um, but he said that he has not heard directly either way, uh, whether la- the property owners that were upset ha- were satisfied with the, the things they were offered by the County. Um, he said he hadn't been told yet of accusations about intimidation. Um, so I think for the most part, it's, it, it really is mostly re- declining to comment and, and letting some of this play out. Um, but they stand by their surveying records that they're going off of. They stand by that this is uh, an essential project um, and felt that it needed to be done this way and in a timely manner. Um, and one, one piece I do just want to bring up that we haven't necessarily touched on too much either is th- the fact that there are um, – also the contractors that are kind of in the middle 
of this project. And uh, they did comment and say that, you know, obviously when it comes to, to projects from a, a contracting standpoint, getting things done, done in a timely manner is very important to them. And, and it is their goal. They did say that they're aware of, uh, of this conflict that's kind of arising, though they are continuing to work. They hope to see it resolved justly, whatever that may be. But you, you just start to see as these different, uh, con- you get contractors involved, the sheriff's office involved, and it's just a, a bunch of different areas that are all kind of waiting on some type of resolution to be officially made, and none of them can have a say for it, except for the courts, which there's kind of still a mystery of how fast things can move during a pandemic right now in the courts. So it's it's all kind of being put to the test in a, in a, in a really strange time. So you mentioned, uh, Alex, uh, kind of things kind of came to a head late in the week. Uh, take us through that. Uh, how serious did it get? And, what, you know, could there be more of that in, down the road? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it and I, as I think I, I put it in the story was this is a standoff of sorts that, that kind of came up. And, you know, you say the word standoff and, and you, you think – armed and escalated and that definitely wasn't what happened out there but it kind of began with monday evening there's uh, uh the project begins with uh tapani inc the uh, uh the contracting company in, in charge of the construction they begin tearing up the road and starting on some of the physical construction out there next morning uh chris uh wayne said that he came out uh in front of his property to a meeting that had congregated out there without his knowledge that uh, was led by uh, Anderson Perry, um, some of their employees. There's also some members of uh, uh, the county surveying department there, uh, along with two Umatilla County Sheriff's deputies. And Chris, he, he videotaped a lot of this as well. It's, it's posted on his personal Facebook page. Um, but he went out there and he spoke with them and he he pretty much was like, what's, what's going on out here? Why is there some type of meeting? They said that the meeting was to speak with him about coming and tearing down his fence. This was one of the situations that Chris pointed out as, uh, as what he felt was intimidation. They had called, uh, uh, Anderson Perry that was said that on uh, direction of the County, they contacted the sheriff's deputies to come out there to help keep the peace in this meeting with, uh, with Chris and he said after after that, you know, wasn't uh, wasn't necessarily a contentious uh, meeting. It didn't boil over in any way, but he, he just made clear his stance that he didn't agree with them tearing down the fence. They told him that they were going to come do it. So he gathered up his farm equipment, his uh, his vehicles, got some stuff from his uh, neighbors as well, and started lining his uh, fence on the inside of his property line with the vehicles. Uh, the next day. County came down, and uh, this was Umatilla County uh, Public Works Department. And, uh, in fact, Director Tom Fellows was there himself uh, cutting down their fence. And uh, um, after that, uh, it kind of of simmered down in the sense that there was no more direct action that that came from the county in terms of taking anything down or or, or really – uh, cutting further into the disputed lands, they did do uh, some excavating uh, along that boundary on Thursday when uh, uh, I was actually out there reporting on the story, and we were there when they uh, uncovered a historical marker 
that is used in some of the surveying to help set these corners and set these, uh, uh, figure out where, where this land actually lies. Um, they uncovered one of those that hadn't previously been located. As far as Chris had known from his own uh, researching throughout the records, he didn't know if it was something that was listed in the record. So he thought it could have been something that uh, uh, could be used in their lawsuit. Surveying department came out, said that it wasn't, uh, um, said that because actually of when it was excavated, it was torn out of the ground. So it's no longer considered a historical marker and is kind of useless in, um, in this legal battle, if you will. So that's kind of what happened through Thursday, Friday. Again, not much necessarily happened. It, it's kind of just come down to now. The vehicles are still kind of out there. Uh, Chris has uh, rallied in some of the groups that we had talked about earlier and trying to drum up some support among other neighbors, friends, just people in the area and having them come out there and, and stand with them to help support uh, holding the line. Because right now that's that's really all uh, he's made it clear he doesn't he doesn't want to escalate anything. Even till County Sheriff uh, Terry Rowan has spoken with them and been involved in uh, kind of this conflict as well. At, since it is a civil dispute, they can't d get directly involved, but they're just there to. They say they're they're going to be by to make sure things do remain safe and uh, and there's uh, no escalation. But for the most part, things have calmed down. And uh, from uh, last I heard from them over there, they're just kind of waiting on the lawsuit to, to go through and and hope for some resolution there that will make it clear which way this is going this week. Because right now, it's mostly Chris Wayne is just out there sitting on his property. He wants to make sure that the historical markers that are still set and the other uh, evidence that he thinks will help him in his court case doesn't get altered by this project and that, that no uh, permanent damage is done to the property. So, Jade, uh, Chris Wayne, uh, you've mentioned, has had other ongoing issues with the county and with the city. Uh, is he just a, a concerned property owner or is, or is he someone who's out to make trouble? You know, Chris is a really passionate guy, definitely. I, when Alex and I were talking about this story, I was going back through my emails from Chris to pull some relevant documents. And uh, one thing is Chris always documents everything very well, which has been helpful. He'll send me lots of documents and emails and things like that whenever he contacts anyone at the paper about this. Uh, he's, he's definitely... He's definitely passionate, and I'm sure through all these, like I said, it's probably been seven years now about that uh, he's been having these disagreements concerning EOTech, and so there could be some bad blood there, uh, but I definitely, you know, I can also see the, it's tough if you moved out into the country and you thought you were far outside of town and just lived on this quiet country road and then now you've got this big event center and fairgrounds and road construction projects and all these things happening uh, you know I can I can definitely see both sides of that I can see that the city and the county might feel like oh they've always got some complaint one or the other and they're just never going to be satisfied no matter what but then I can also see the property owner saying well it's just one thing after another that we've been asked to put up with so it doesn't seem like there's really an easy answer or easy solution to this. So final word, Alex, uh, where are we going to be at in a month or two? <laughs> that's a, that's a really good question. I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, that's the thing we could get some type of resolution on this tomorrow. 
we could get a ruling uh, on uh, on the emergency injunction that they, they filed. We could we also heard that there may not be an official hearing that could be had in court uh, where a judge is actually to listen to both parties present their cases until June. So there's kind of the, it's really up in the air. I would say that I think. I think things will eventually get figured out here in the next week or two. And a lot of that, I think, just comes down to the logistics of the project from the county standpoint as well. There's I would imagine there there may be a point where you can't keep you can't finish this project when there's pending litigation about it. And if even if you're you're confident, as both sides are, that they're going to have it ruled in their favor, there's on the county's side. I don't necessarily know what the repercussions would have to be if they continue to dig into this disputed property and then find out that uh, legally it's no longer their right of way to, to do that on. There's a lot of questions about what, how they would have to kind of correct that, uh, that mistake. Um, and then there's also the standpoint of if this gets ruled in the county's favor tomorrow or next week or next month, the Waynes could still appeal and they could continue to, to push back on this as well. So that uh, doesn't really, I don't think that answers necessarily where we're going to be, but I, I think where we're going to be is that this is going to be something that there's, there's a lot of different things to, to continue to, to pay attention to with this story. And there's still a lot left to unfold. I think. A difficult topic for sure. And, and one we'll be watching closely as the days and weeks go by. Uh, Jade, Alex, thank you very much for, for joining us in the newsroom. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, I'm Andrew Cutler, and we'll talk to you next time.